Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. New years come and go. Is there meaning to it all? How can I take control? Is it about losing control? I need to explore. I need a new me. I'm called to more than to just float in my space. I want to have fun and breathe the passion I was created for. The people, rhythm, the work, family, the rest, my dreams. I feel power bubbling from within. The strength comes from outside of my ability. This is the moment where I'll be still and let God's will take control and create space. Good morning, everybody. My name's Jerome, and this is... Jerome Cyrus. Yes, we got Jerome's up here, and we're excited to be ministering to you this morning. We uh, kicked off a series called Space at the beginning of the year, which was last week. And uh, it's crazy how when you start to explore your own space, what you can find in it, you got to just discover what's there. And it's hard to take inventory sometimes when you just look at something. You're like, oh, I didn't know it was that bad. And the first part of healing and help is to be honest. You have to look at what's there. We've been doing this exercise even here as a, a team that we don't get caught up in the busyness. Like 2018, I know some people want to do some big things, right? Somebody's got some plans, we think about dreaming and achieving, and I want to do something significant, be a better dad, be a better friend, worker, make money, whatever your motive is. At City Life, we're saying, all right, we think we're going to do a lot of things. God's going to allow us to uh, love the city deeper, love schools, music, sermons, small groups, books, see you come alive, really. It's a team effort. But for us, it's like, okay, if we really think we're going to do something significant, we need to jump into the new year by doing nothing. Because all of us run the temptation and the risk to accomplish a lot of things and then leave Jesus on the sidelines. Now, Jesus is our tour guide if we were uh, to go with him to space. And we said, all right, Jesus, I want um, uh, to you to lead me. And then if he looks back and says, I'm going to give you anything you want, I don't know about you, but maybe you'd be tempted to start off like I would. I would want to create an environment first that started to serve me. What are the things? What are the uh, possessions I'll get? When really Jesus is trying to shift our focus to him and people. And I think today we're being invited into a stillness, a slowness, a beauty where God's spirit wants to encounter us. You know, I miss the season to be in your seat. But not in a way that where I'm like longing to be there. No, I'm fully excited to be engaged in thriving where God has us today. To teach and empower and to lead. But when I mean uh, miss the season a little bit because I know the special um, just joys it has to sit, to listen, to process, and then to kind of like look at somebody. All right, who's going to get it? Not in a bad way, I mean, who's going to get love? Whose name am I going to learn today? Who can I find and meet? Because I think the Holy Spirit has put people in this room where you kind of, your paths cross intersect and there's teams that develop and there's a family bond. Now, being in a family is difficult, right? 
There's challenges with it. No, it being in a family is difficult, right? Is that no, no one's in a family? Like, but here's what we always say with family. We say, well, it's family. You got to stick to it. It's family. That's family there. You need to love them. It's family. Well, there's something uh, so beautiful and true about that. And when we come together, we're not coming for an event. We're coming for a family experience. And what that means is it's going to be messy. It's challenging. You want to work through your pride today? Not easy. You want to take off a mask? Who wants to do that? You want to be crying with snot everywhere and someone's staring at you? Well, that's join the club, right? And if we were all coming here with all of our cares and our worries, and if it was like a coat rack out there, we'd be like, wow, I didn't know all these people carried in this stuff. Because we're really good at getting ready, right? And there's a beauty in getting ready and kind of putting your best foot forward. But what God does and comes is he shows up to your worst places to bring healing there. See, God doesn't want to come into your heart today to clean it. He wants to come into your heart today to live there. Difference, difference. He wants to live there. How weird would it be if you came to a wedding and then all the bride could talk about was her dress? Oh, yeah, great, it's such amazing. I love your guys' love. It inspires me. Yeah, my dress, my dress. You'd look over at someone and be like, "Uh, yeah, marriage counseling in a month, right? They're, They're on a... This is not going too well. If we come in this place and we just look at the things God gives and forget that it's a marriage, it's a bride, that's what Jesus is all about. He's not into the show. He's into the grow, the stillness. And so for us, I'm going to just kind of pull back the curtain for a second as we're creating space in this uh, month because we do think we're getting ready for something significant. Because if you're getting ready for something significant, you put a lot of emphasis on the preparation. If marriage is important to you, you prepare. If relationships in, at your job are important to you, you prepare. And the greater the preparation, right, is the greater the impact we typically have. Now, we need God's grace, but I'm not sure about you, but I'm not ready to let Jerome Cyrus drive us around in, in, the, in the church van if we had one, right? He's got to prepare a little bit longer. And a lot of times we say, well, God, I want all the benefits you have for me, but I'm not willing to be still and let it cure. And I think he wants to build something so great in us. But sometimes we don't find out we had cracks until we get to the 10th floor. But the reason we have the cracks is because it started all the way at the foundation. And so the higher we want to build really has to do with the, the willingness to yield. And so for us, this is what it's about. You maybe come here, it's your first time ever, but space is all about us exploring, us being still, us saying, man, gravity is good. A spacesuit with God is needed. If we get exposed to the elements, we're done. And before we even want to talk about Vision Sunday, which is coming up, February 11th, if you're not here, what are you doing? And um, you can come in this journey, this story. It's going to be, I just give you an idea. We've been getting texts for the last couple months about one theme consistently, it's like everyone's speaking the same messages. We're all turned, tuned into this frequency for city life, what Jesus is pouring into it. And it, it keeps, it's running together. And it's like piece on piece. It's a puzzle piece. And you're looking down, you're like, whoa, that's what we're talking about on Vision Sunday. It's the puzzle that's forming before us for what we're going to do in the year. And since that is so important, loving people, having forgivenesses, uh, forgiveness, power in our marriages, seeing our jobs come alive, watching us not complain about our roads, like seeing all that type of beauty and that power only can come from within. So therefore, we're preparing. You guys with me? And so here we go. A little bit curtain pulled back. So Jerome comes up to me between service. He says, hey, I want to come on stage with you. I said, okay, why? He said, I just want to listen to you. I was like... Well, and he's just, he said this to me right there. I want to listen to you. 
was like, okay, well, I get it. Um, yeah. And it was crazy because you know the sermon is? It's all about sitting and listening at the feet of Jesus. And I was like, well, you got to come up on stage because that'd be mean if I'm like, what? And it was cool because I got to live the sermon. And I love this because seeing Trina, she comes up to me during worship, and I know how hard it's been for Trina in this season, just physically and, and uh, how important she is. And um, she came to my mind last night, and I was going to text her, and I was like, oh, I don't want her to feel pressure if she can't be here, you know, um, just, just physically enduring. And just like Carla was sharing on the worship at the piano, and just how tough it can be for people. And every single person has a story in this place, but it's just so beautiful to see the space, to see the rhythm, and to kind of pull back the curtain and just get a little bit more raw and real. And so that's my introduction, raw, real, Jesus time, um, because I think that there's two paths this morning. One path, busy, uh, accomplish great things, leave Jesus out of it. Other path, listen, learn from Jesus, healing happens, do even greater things. Which one you want to be on, Right. So let's slow down, and we gaze upon this text here, because I think um, there's going to be some power and freedom for people this morning. Luke chapter 10, reading out the Bible, um, it's God's Word, and it's more than a book, it's alive, it's an adventure, it's a journey, and it's difficult. There'll be times when you just rest, and you're like, I don't understand this, this part. That's okay. It's a long-winded marathon. In 38 through 42, there's a story of Martha and Mary. We've taught about it here at City Life before. And I want you to not dismiss it if you've heard it before. Oh, I got that one down. No, I actually think what we could do is get together right now, like just you and I, and break down every word for the next month together. Just revisit this often, marinate in this passage this morning and see the story and see how different Jesus is in this, in this setting and how he encounters these individuals. Verse 38, it says, and now they went on their way. Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. Now, I love that. You got to pause. Who welcomed Jesus in? Martha. Where's Jesus going? He's out in a village. Jesus is going to unlikely places to show up for unlikely people. Women don't have a lot of rights in the ancient world. And in fact, you can see that triple all the way to today if you looked at the average income of how much a man makes versus what, how much a woman makes. Society, I mean, it's difficult. It's not the same. It goes all the way back to uh, just the layers of being marginalized. And so here Jesus is, he's kind of really jumping out of the stereotypical rhythms of the society. He's going to go and hang out with a couple girls, but he's not looking for anything sexual. In fact, he's coming to try to bring healing deeply. He wants to teach and train and love and listen. It's completely different. As I've gazed upon Jesus, I know this, that when I say gaze, just looked at. You, don't, you find things when you just look at it. When we took a tour yesterday, we're looking at this space here. How do we make a hill uh, just be more engaging for us as a community here. And because if we care about you, we should care about the space. And I discovered one thing. I don't know if you knew this, but uh, hopefully not, because you and I probably never been in there. But the girl's bathroom door was like, no. oh, you knew about that? Just like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is a 
see neat. This is below water. We're going to sink if this thing continues. People are going to think we're nuts. So WD-40, Rhett's in there making it happen this morning. Um, and so thank you for your patience with the woman's bathroom door. And if you didn't know about that, look, there's other women's bathroom door things like that around here because it's a family. And it's okay. It's a little messy. Uh, and that's fun if you see it that way. And it's only fun when you're at the feet of Jesus. Otherwise, you start to kind of compare, look sideways. For some of us, this year is, is already starting to feel exhausting because what we're doing is comparing our weaknesses to someone else's strengths. You see how that's perplexing? Because if you don't know who you are, you're not going to understand how you operate in your sphere. You'll see somebody else is so gifted and think, oh, I wish I had that. I think God is telling you this morning, it's okay, I made you just the way you are. And for me to, to kind of know that the women's bathroom door is screeching loud was hard because I can objectively, I believe, say this, that one of my strengths is I am above average at seeing what is wrong and being attentive many times. And so to find that was like, what in the world? I only found that by discovering our space. I take that illustration further just to say, same thing in my house with our kids and our marriage and at our home and to lead out of the depth of our marriage and to let that be on display as opposed to the width in our singleness. So what season are you in? Are you looking at someone else's season? Looking at someone else's strengths? Because it's really challenging. But the, the, the beauty is this. There's beauty in both. There's beauty in the marriage that displays kind of a deeper impact and love in the family setting. And then there's a, a beauty that's in kind of you're able to go a little freer in being single. And you can have more width. You can have more impact. You can have more joy. You can have more experience in some of the other settings. But you're going to have different type of joy in the depth of marriage. You see how they're both different? But a lot of times we're always looking over there. Oh, once I get married, I'll be fine. Interview somebody married. Once I'm uh, single, I'll be fine. You know, no, no, interview somebody single. I'm telling you, there's lies on both sides of this thing. So as Jesus shows up in the setting, that's the type of um, just volatility that's involved. He's saying, I'm trying to show you what's most important here. And I want to pray for us as we continue. Jesus, uh, I feel deeply in my spirit that you're connecting people that have been through a lot and you're gonna shock them in an awesome way. And your Holy Spirit's gonna impact them in a powerful way that today is a new day. In a new way. With you in charge. In Jesus' name, amen. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she said she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. So Jesus enters the house. He wants to enter our house. At the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was so distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone, do the dishes, prepare everything? I've been holding down the fort. Got any people holding down the fort? Got any single parents in the house? You know what it's like? Tell her then to help me. Because she's listening to you. So she obviously respects you. I want you to punk her out, coach. Because I'm holding it down. Even captains will say this once in a while on the court. You know, you know, be like, wait, if you're the captain, which means it's going to be harder. If you're in the band, it's hard to keep the band together. 
If you're here to set up early, it's hard to set up early. And if you don't be careful, what could happen is this. You're starting to compare your service to what's happening around you, comparing how somebody else works at their job, and now you're so disappointed and so bitter. And I think there's a warning here for people that achieve that you, let's say you, you're, you're on this, you're on your grind, you, you know how to get it, you know you how to dominate, you know how to provide, and you're feeling that every day. And so what you happens is you look around, you see a bunch of people half-step, and you're like, what in the world, right? And you come to Jesus like, what's up with so-and-so? And see, he's patient. He's very patient. And you look over and you say, why is, she's having hippie time over here. This is Woodstock. What is happening? You know, what is going on here? <laughs> Here's what it's like. And uh, here's how the Lord answers. Martha, Martha. So if you hear your name spoken twice, you listen. This is equivalent to getting a text with like a gif in it or bold or even slang. You know, yes. It's like get your attention a little bit more than a yes. Um, You start using acronyms. So you think back then. This is, I mean, this is alert. This is bold. This is mayday. This is intense. You know, people in Hawaii yesterday got a text that a missile was going to hit them and to take cover. <laughs> and then another text like 10 minutes later, that was by accident. Somebody pressed the wrong button. Wait, what? I was reading someone's Insta story and it said that. And it was like, pray for me. And I'm like, what in the world? And I clicked the next button and it was, the story said, uh, false alarm. Like, whoa, whoa, party foul, party foul. Missile's coming. No, I'm sorry. Missile's not coming. I guess people are running in from shore. And uh, there's something crazier than a missile coming, though. Like, we're going to face God forever. We're either going to stand before him clean because of Jesus, or we're going to stand before him guilty because we wanted to hold on to our own sin. And, and I think even it can come in so subtly because we're so worried to prepare. And sometimes it's even a good thing, right? The ambition's a good thing. Keeping the band together, it's a good thing. Taking care of your household, it's a good thing. But it's not enough to just kind of get ready for the marriage. It's, it's the heart and the art of what's inside of it, right? We all fall victim to this. We get so busy and we're off track and off course. And it, and it doesn't start big. Come on. It starts with the one, two degree stuff. It starts with all the way back when I was 11 and someone's like, let's go out toilet paper. And I'm like, yeah, you know? And then, hey, let's party a little bit. Oh, that sounds fun, too. You can't fill that void in your heart, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Has anybody else had that type of snowball effect? It's like the black hole. What happens, though, is that actually can lead us to a place where we're at the feet of Jesus if we let it. Even our job, what's your frustration today? Would you pray dangerously and say, God, what do you say about it? How could you get glory? You know, it's one thing, hey, God, I serve really hard. He's like, oh, right, really? Let's look how I serve. I've been serving you. If we're comparing, we will always be done. But when we're staring at Jesus, he'll give us renewed fun, new excitement, new, new joy. It doesn't mean that you don't confront people, of course. I think what would have happened here if Martha would have slowed down and, and kind of first took the seat that was supposed to happen, what was worship and listened and, 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 and kind of grew and said, I want to learn, right? I think what they all would have done is they would have got a lot of work done in the kitchen. Which is so busy and so exhausted that I think that this is what God's saying to us today. Martha, Martha, insert your name, Jerome, Jerome, you are anxious and troubled about many things. 
But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Saw a 20-year-old yesterday won the mega millions, 280 cashed out. Million cashed out. That's, that's killing them, killing them. That's 280 racks upon racks. For real. I remember for a second being like, gosh, that's a lot of money, you know? He was like, I'm going to do great things in, for humanity. I was jeez, oh, what could we do with 280 million, million, right? Sometimes we show up at basketball courts for the rec league, and I don't know if the heat's on. Wait, is that what you said about the hallway last week? <laughs> we got the heat working this week. Right? I mean, it's challenging. This is difficult. And so what Jesus is constantly doing, though, is he's, he's, he's really punking out the world's definition of winning. He's constantly showing, I'm the great king. I'm the great I am. Do you know my worth? Because when you know my worth, you'll, you'll change the way you engage every setting. And when I'm in the room, you'll start with me. And what's so cool is because a lot of times we hear this force, you know, God wants you to. When really, God's the one who came into your house. God's the one who's trying to give you new rights. God's the one who can offer new forgiveness. God's the one who understands your weakest, darkest places. He's the one who checks the coat rack, sees all your troubles, all your anxieties, all your cares. And he actually wants to make his home there. He wants to give you new life. For every person, they'll kind of tolerate for a minute. It's like a family. You can't, it's not going to solve it, but we're still in it. And how we solve it and where we find this real freedom, this new power, is when we just sit and look at Jesus. Because we find out the whole time he's kind of looking at us. It's like, what's up? Oh, I love you. It's great. I, yeah, I was there for that. One of the greatest moments in my life was one time I, the Holy Spirit hit me so strong, and I couldn't move, and I was on the ground. And I went back to all these moments in my life and my mom, she's here. She'll probably remember some of uh, my attitude back in the day. But I'd be like, well, why didn't this happen? Why, didn't, why, why don't we have more money for this? Or why don't we say, you know. And, uh, and um, God showed me. He was like, no, I've been using every setting. I've been there preserving every moment. I was there preparing you. I was the one protecting you. And um, I used all of it for your glory. And so now there's a different, for my glory. And now there's a different story in your life. But if you let it happen, you got to change your perspective from all those settings. And I'm telling you, it happened by divine experience, but it happened at the feet of Jesus. It transformed everything. It transformed everything. I want to introduce you to a friend that I think can begin to kind of uh, cultivate what God wants to do this morning in the few moments we have together as we close. I think it's going to get personal. I think it's going to get real, but I think it's going to get powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this friend is a, a hero. There's no way to describe it. I've only met him, uh, I think it was like eight seconds, one minute, maybe one, one time. I've listened to him talk a couple times. And he's, he's humorous for what he's went through. And to say the very least, he, he's definitely left an impression and an imprint on my life. Here's about a minute clip of him. Check it out. I love you. I love you. I do. I do. I do. I shouldn't say I love you because you know, my thumb's blown off. I love you. I love you. So I sign language with a list. I'm 61. Reverse that. I'm 16. It's, I've got a body of a 90-year-old and <laughs> the brain of a 16-year-old. Somewhere in the middle there, I'll probably come out about 61. I don't know. No one will ever put on my headstone. He tried, but he didn't make it. That little dash, that's the smallest thing on the headstone, but it's the biggest thing there. I live my life in a dash. Where is that part of you that says, I'm excited about Jesus? There's nothing more fun than serving Jesus Christ. It's joy unspeakable without the guilt.
My passion drives me. I was in for eight months, wounded twice, and the second one was devastating when a grenade blew the whole side of my face off, ripped me open. Two words, say it with me. Jesus wept. Why was he weeping over a dead man he's about to raise? He's weeping over the family of the dead man. They had dead faith. Where's that faith in the God we trust? What is the most important thing in your life? Where's your passion? What brings you to tears? It's a good question. Only you can answer it. I don't know. My passion is to do everything in my human ability, anointed by the Holy Spirit and making the ordinary extraordinary and do something for God that when I stand before Jesus, I will not be embarrassed because Jesus is coming back. Come on, say it with me. Jesus is coming back. Worship team, if you come up front. Um, that guy's name is Dave Reaver. And um, Dave Reaver, I got to hear him speak uh, a couple times, but really early on in my faith. So 2002, um, sitting at Mount Hope Church, and he's there. And I'm sitting uh, right in the center there, probably uh, close to Nate, where Nate's sitting. And yeah, right there, in, relatively. And I remember in the sermon, he starts talking about how his face uh, is obviously, uh, you know, disconfigured from uh, several surgeries and the fact that he's even alive is a miracle because he was on a ship in the Vietnam War and a phosphorus grenade had hit the ship and he was then ejected from the ship into the water in the water because of the gas and the fumes um, it was all on fire the oil and just kept burning and you would think if you're in water that you you know if you were on fire it would stop but not if the water's on fire and so he just kept burning alive and it was like being boiled alive. And then he woke up in a hospital. And, uh, and you know, the nurse and everyone's, you know, as he's coming to, um, it's, it, looking at him, you know, he's at that point, for lack of other verbiage, you know, people would say, like, a, looks like a monster. You know, it doesn't even look like a human anymore. And he's uh, talking about how he has this pain. Uh, he, had, he hasn't found a word in the English dictionary to describe the pain he had he said it was an angel showed up several times in the hospital and he just kept kind of you know coaching him along and 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 helping him along and and then his wife came to see him for the first time and he was thinking in his mind what she could have she's gonna leave me look at you know i'm, I'm, a, I'm a freak of nature he, she's gone and she held his hand and, and said i'm here i love you just how you are and that began this kind of rehabilitation process if you will in his mind and and he and, and after a couple years and dozens of surgeries he decided to go to church with his wife and he hadn't been to church in you know I think he said two years and he sat up in the top row um and didn't want anyone to really see him and it was hard for him to sit down and hadn't cried in a while he started to cry he's just like oh, telling his wife oh, i'm just blowing my nose you know a good soldier doesn't want anyone to know and then the, in the sermon that day, they had brought a war uh, vet in that had been tortured and kidnapped and um, had their arms tied behind their back and like their shoulders were broken and, and they would count, keep, keep making it even tighter and tighter to eventually your, your chest would split. And he's talking about that his chest split and how he didn't, you know, uh, give secrets and all these things and they were cheering him on. And, and uh, he said, in that moment, he couldn't sit down because he was in the presence of a hero. And so he decided to like tell his wife, he was like, oh, my butt hurts, I just gotta stand up. But he really stood up because he was in the presence of a hero. And he said, everything about me needs to honor this man. 
I was sitting listening to this message right there and the Holy Spirit had me stand up. 2,000 people at Mount Hope, everybody looks over and you know when God is moving in your life, you can hear and feel God moving, but the devil's still speaking in the distance. But you gotta stare at Jesus and then everything can kind of fade away and you can understand that's the decoy, this is the McCoy. Decoy, real thing, right? This is the fake thing, real king. All the things, real king. And, and I'm standing there and he, and he goes, oh, he's from stage, he goes, oh, God bless you, little buddy. You know, I've always looked young, especially before the beard. Who knows, probably thought I was like five, you know? He's like, he's like, look like Jerome Cyrus. He's like, God bless you, little buddy. You can be seated. And the Holy Spirit would not let me sit down. And I just stood up there like this for four straight minutes and I couldn't move. And then I recognize, you know, I'm thinking, God, when can I sit down? When can I sit down? When can I sit down? Is it now? When can I sit down? You know, the, 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 the battle, like, people are looking. The battle, people are looking. And uh, some ushers came and sat by me. I thought it was just nice. But now, since I know what I know, it's probably because I was a threat. <laughs> you know, what's going on with old boy? Standing up, all right, go sit by him. <laughs> and then after the service, the head usher of the aisle comes up to me and says he wants to meet you, talking about Dave Reaper. So they brought me up front to him. But see, I didn't need to, uh, I didn't need to talk a lot. I just said, he goes, hey, do you want me to sign something for you? Or I said, oh, thank you. Thank you for serving. Thank you for who you are. He's like, anything more? Can I pray with you? You know? Yeah. And uh, I just left. Because I knew this. I was standing in the presence of a hero but I'd already met the greatest hero. And the reason I wanted to honor him, not only did he fight for our freedom, for us to even be able to be here today, but the fact that he would get up off the mat and then still preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, that was another level and another layer of somebody who had to have been sitting at the feet of Jesus. Somebody who pushed through everything that could be complaining, all the hurts, all the worries. And I said, you know what? That is what a hero looks like. Thank you, Jesus. I'm gonna sit at your feet. I need to learn more because as all the busyness of the world calls us, right? All the things call you. They always are calling things the king is sitting wanting to teach us wanting to lead us wanting to say hey let me lead you in something he's always wanting to show that to you he wants that for you but we got to look to him there's two main areas that is most important to God when we create space it's this himself and people himself and people that's our filter this morning does our space, does our environment, does the worries, the cares help us know God more and get closer to people? Because otherwise, everything else is just a distraction leading us, and it's hard. I get it. But Dave Reaver gets it. I want us to uh, kind of close our eyes for a minute. This isn't to trick you anything. I just think in our setting right now in 2018, it's not easy to kind of stand up for something. There's a lot of pride we have because we're always having to fend for ourselves. It's survival mode. And I wonder if today is the Holy Spirit showing you how 
the worth of Jesus because he's worth it. So therefore we worship. And that in the moment when we're in King Jesus's presence, our positioning, even our hands and our, we stand up sometimes, we sit down, changes as our heart wants to learn and listen. Because then it gives meaning in the kitchen. It gives meaning for the task. It gives meaning in our jobs. It gives meaning in all that we're doing because we're doing it unto the one that set us free, that has given us freedom, that has given us new life, that doesn't condemn us or look on us with shame or guilt or abuse and all the issues we face, but starts to give us new life and hope and power and passion and peace. We say, okay, you can lead me, God. You can lead me. Now Mary in that setting was just sitting down at the feet of Jesus and Martha was so busy. And Mary, uh, Mary chose a thing that wouldn't be taken from her. Jesus loved Martha. They probably had more moments where it was Jesus and Martha together. But I love the positioning of Mary in that setting because it's many times what I need to do in the moment is just be still and remember and receive. What can I do to get it? Nothing. You didn't start this gig. God did. And so God's the one that can define you. Nobody else can. God's the one that can give you worth and purpose. Nobody else can. So today, if you're here and you say, you know what? I want prayer. I want prayer. I I'm, some things are getting in the way of Jesus. I need freedom. I don't even, I don't even want to list all the dumb things. I don't know. It's kind of think, do you know if you need prayer? And if you need prayer, raise your hand. Just Okay, you need prayer. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We got seven minutes, and Mary was at the feet of Jesus. If I get some dream team leaders up here, they're going to lead us in the power of the name of Jesus, and we're going to pray. And so we're going to be still. We're going to touch each other's hands. Uh, leaders are going to come uh, line up the front of this place. And if you'd be bold enough, I know it's difficult for some to get out of the way, but you know what? I remember thinking, oh, everyone's going to look at me. Everyone's thinking I'm standing. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? I want to yell it so bad because it's like a coach that needs to tell you, run another sprint because we're going to win. But here's the cool thing. You won, and we don't want anything to rob us of that in Jesus. Who you are, the dignity, the beauty, that God made you diverse on purpose. Don't be ashamed that God wants to tell you your worth this morning. And so can we pray with you today? Come on. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.